Hello beauties and welcome to Creator's Stories, an episode where I interview someone who has created a work of genius and I ask them about their process, what inspired them, and what the creative journey looked like for them. Today I have the pleasure of introducing Jessica, the creator of the Forager's Daughter Tarot. I decided to invite Jessica onto the show because when I first worked with this deck, I felt deeply connected to it almost instantaneously. And I was instantly intrigued by what inspired Jessica to create this deck, how she went through the process of examining the archetypes and putting her own personal spin on them. So I hope you enjoy this interview with Jessica as we delve more deeply into the Forager's Daughter Tarot and the creative process in general. Hello, hello, welcome, welcome, welcome. (laughs) Welcome, Jessica. Thank you so much for coming and chatting with me today. Yeah, absolutely. I'm so happy to be here. It's wonderful to have you. First of all, I just wanted to say that I absolutely love your deck. I really, really, really love it. Um, I am a tarot reader. I'm creating my own deck and I don't love every single deck that I come across. Um, I don't love every single deck that I purchase, even decks that I see that are aesthetically beautiful and that I, you know, invest in, I'll get them and receive them and start reading with them. And I just don't feel like, um, there's a lot of depth to them, or I'm just not connecting with them in that way. Uh, And yours is one of those beautiful exceptions where as soon as I started reading with the deck, I could, I could connect, I could see your vision of the archetypes and I could like kind of sense the particular spin you were taking um, on the archetypes. And there's something, there's depth there um, that I like immediately saw and connected with. So I just knew that I had it, I had to invite you uh, to chat, to learn more about um, your creative process and to learn more about the deck and to really see, you know, how it came about. So, well, thank you so much. I mean, that makes me so happy to hear, um, you know, and I'm sure we'll get into it, but when I was making the deck, I was so worried that it was going to be too personal. Like the imagery and the symbolism was going to just not resonate with other people because it was kind of from my own, you know, personal narratives and experiences and memories, but it's really been so incredible um, just to hear from so many different people about how they connect with it and how it makes sense. So that makes me really happy to hear. Thank you. (laughs) (laughs) You're welcome. Well, thank you for creating the deck. Um, First of all, I'd like to learn a little bit about um, art and the role and creativity and the role it plays in your life. So what role does art and creativity play in your life? Uh, well, so yeah, I mean, right now it's, it's a huge role. I'm doing this full time. Um, I've always been creative. I've always been like drawing and painting. And it's something that my parents really nurtured in me, um, you know, growing up. So I've, I've just been practicing, practicing, pretty much my whole life. Um, I went to an art school for my Bachelor of Fine Arts. And so at some point in my life, I was like, this is really something that I want to pursue and, you know, something that I want to do, you know, professionally. 
and it's just kind of taken off from there. So it's, it's huge. I mean, it's a way I think art is so important because it's so much more than like a painting or, you know, a print. It's literally the way we design our houses and, you know, the interface on our phones and then, you know, to pieces like the tarot deck where, um, you know, there's a very like specific uh, goal, you know, introspection, reflection, um, finding ways to connect with our environment, you know, and our surrounding um, so it's, it's a, art is a really great way to express that and to, I think, bring people together um, and to, you know, create those conversations that those, you know, conversations that are hard to have and that we need to have. And I think that tarot does that incredibly well, not necessarily mm-hmm. uniquely well. Like when we go into a gallery and we share an experience looking at a painting, there's just as much connection and depth, but the fact that tarot is art that has a purpose other than being visually digested Mm -hmm. has always been something that's very interesting to me. The fact that you're creating a piece of art and you're creating an image that has a specific um, connotation or is supposed to, you know, convey a specific meaning, but it's also part of a 78 card deck that is dynamic. Yeah. Um, you know, it's not as if you post all of the pictures on the wall and you walk through the pictures and say, that was a really cool experience. Although you could do that through, you know, just thumbing through the deck, but it's sure. interactive. You mm-hmm. know, you create art, you give it to someone who will then use that art to craft meaning in their own experience, which I think is really neat. And I, I feel like you touched on that. And I think it's really, really interesting that art has always played a role in your life. Um and that you went to school for it as well, because there's such a variety of backgrounds, especially when it comes to tarot. Yeah, um, totally. You know, some some people are, you know, they're designing, they're actually like visualizing, conceptualizing the deck, and they have someone else, um, you know, artistically create or or kind of render those concepts. Um, then some people, they're just really in tune with the concepts and they put their art out there and it's not what anyone would consider to be like high art in any sure. sense. Um, but I think what I really did enjoy um, about, or I really enjoy about your deck is I feel like it has um, elements of that like beautiful aesthetic. It has the beautiful aesthetic quality, but then it also has the depth and the meaning as well. So I'm getting a little ahead of myself. I'm trying, even as I was saying that, I'm like, okay, I'm getting ahead of myself, but I have to to say, I have to gush. Um, Well, what inspired you to create this deck specifically? And how did you get the idea for the deck? And how did this process come about for you? Um, it, so I, it came, I have been reading tarot. I got my first deck when I was a teenager. Um, so I've always been interested in, you know, I guess the occult or magic or, you know, kind of that realm and that conversation. Um, and as I got older, I kind of got out of it. Life got in the way and I just, didn't, it wasn't part of my, you know, normal everyday thinking and, and practice anymore. Um, so I went through college art school and after graduating, I was feeling really burnt out and like not sure what to do. And my partner was like, you've been wanting to make this tarot deck for a while. Like it was, 
it was something I had kind of played around with before I had done, you know, these, like I had done like a majors kind of set out of collage. It was not good. I mean, it was, it was, it was its own thing. Um, but he was like, you've been wanting to do this, you know, now's the time. Why don't you just do it? And so it kind of was born out of that. It was like, oh yeah, I can do what I want now. I don't have to follow these assignments or whatever. Um, I wanted to learn more about the tarot. Like I said, I had kind of grown out of it and I wanted to get back into it. And I knew that making the deck was going to be a really good way to kind of relearn the cards and reconnect with the cards. Um, and other than that, it's it all stems, you know, from like I said before, kind of my, my personal memories and experiences of growing up, being outside. Um, we were always camping, hiking, fishing. Like I was always playing outside in the dirt. Um, and so I, you know, I kind of took stock of all of these things that I was seeing and remembering, um, you know, from those like natural spaces. And it, it developed into this, um, the only way I can describe it is like a personal codex, I guess, like these kind of specific like representations and associations with, you know, certain plants and animals. Um, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I love how you say it developed into a personal codex. One of the cool things I that, um, one of the many cool things about tarot is that each archetype has a specific meaning. Mm -hmm. Um, and it's a meaning that's known. It's already known by many who will pick up your deck. They're already familiar with what this specific card or archetype is supposed to mean. So they already have that basis and that background knowledge, yeah. um, which allows like a creator to kind of insert their own experience or their own vision mm -hmm. into the structure of the tarot, knowing that it can, it will still relate to the reader, whoever's working with the deck of cards. And I think I've always found the decks that actually like intrigue me the most are those that I feel like I, I can sense a part of the creator coming through them. Like there mm -hmm. is, there is a personal element. There is something a little bit different, um, but also something recognizable at the same time. Yeah. And I love those those decks that, you know, you turn over the card and you can recognize the meaning within it, but then there's something a little bit different that you can also sense. And you have to look a little bit deeper. Mm -hmm. And it's almost like you're being invited into um, the personal narrative of, or even, even if it's not the personal narrative, it's like the, the conceptual narrative of the person who created the deck. Um, so, and those are always, those are always the ones that get me, I think that I'm always, it's almost as if I can sense that and I'm, yeah. like, I'm like reading a, a story, um, more so than just like looking at a stock representation of the archetype. And I was talking to another creator recently and, um, she's in the process of creating her deck. And she said, um, I feel like I, now that I'm creating a deck, I feel like you have to create a deck to actually know the tarot. It was a, um, it was just something that she said. She's like, I feel like I have such a deeper knowledge and awareness and reverence for the archetypes through this creative process. And to me, that makes, it makes total sense because you really yeah. have to dive deeply into each one and, and really, really consider it 
in, um, you know, outside of the context of divination, like outside mm-hmm. of the context of, of reading it, you're like, what is this actual card uh, signify and how can I, you know, apply my personal experience to this? Um, so it's really interesting uh, to hear. Um, now I'm, I'm interested in your creative process, uh, how you actually go about creating a card from start to finish. This is like less conceptual and more practical. Um, yeah. So it's, yeah, I'd love to hear it's, that. It's going to be really different for everybody. Um, there's so many ways, you know, now that you can go about creating a deck. Um, my process is to start with a lot of writing. So I do a lot of list making of associations, um, you know, for different symbols and icons and imagery that I think I want to use. Um, for this deck, I, you know, I did a lot of research looking at other kind of like tarot resources. Um, Biddy Tarot was one of them. Um, the tarotguide.com, I think, Labyrinthos, like all of these, you know, kind of websites like that are out there. I just kind of started looking, okay, I'm going to do this card now. And here's what all these people are saying about this card. And then once I had an understanding of the general meaning of it, I sat down and thought, okay, well, what does that mean to me? And what, you know, what imagery does that bring up in my mind? And what, what do I associate with those, those meanings? Um, And from there, it goes into, so this deck was started as like a traditional kind of sketch and then line drawing and it was then scanned into the computer and colored and formatted and everything digitally um, which worked really well for me I I've bounced back and forth between working digitally and traditionally and I feel like kind of doing both just it makes my mind feel better like I need to (laughs) I need to kind of have that like physicality of you know sketching and actually drawing um so then it was all you know done it was scanned in and formatted um I figured out the all the borders were drawn and then kind of collaged together um in the computer so and then from there I sent it out to print so (laughs) I mean that's that's like the 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 most technical way to describe the process. Right. I mean, I think that's pretty comprehensive. Now, did you sketch the entire card to scan that and color it? Or did you sketch each element separately and then place the elements together? It was each card, each image within the card was, you know, a drawing about that big. Um, The borders were separate. Um, And then there's like a little icon, like at the top of the border or at the bottom, I forget where I have it, the star, the sword, or, you know, whatever, those were separate. So, um, yeah, it all started as a, as a drawing, basically. That's really cool. Cause I have, I mean, I have various different ways in which I, um, you know, I work visually as well. And I will sometimes draw and watercolor, then scan, mm-hmm. then like background remove. There's just so many different ways to do it. Um, so I really, I wanted to hear, your personal uh, journey with it, because I plan to also interview other creators and I have a feeling that everyone's is going to be very unique. So I really wanted to kind of get this collection of, um, you know, the the process uh, just to illustrate that there is no one way to create a work of art 
um, and even to make a tarot deck that it, it mm-hmm. like, it exists on this like incredibly large continuum. <laughs> mm-hmm. And that's so helpful for other people too, to hear because, you know, somebody might not feel like they're good at drawing, but maybe they are really, they really love taking photos or collaging or, you know, whatever. There's so many different processes. And like you said, none of them are wrong. I mean, whatever works for you. <laughs> Yeah, and I, um, I've i always said that I am an artist. I've always done artistic things throughout my entire life, but I've come across, I think everyone has like a latent, um, a latent medium, whether they know it or not, or there's mm-hmm. some way that they express themselves artistically. Mm-hmm. And I find that those who think that they are bad at art kind of shut themselves off from yeah. that entire world. Uh, and I feel like it's almost, it's such a loss because there's mm-hmm. really so much there to play with. Um, even if you're horrible at drawing um, and you think that you're horrible at drawing, like collaging is a wonderful way to kind of, you know, yeah. work with um, concepts and spacing. And there's just, yeah, I want, I want people to recognize and realize too, that it's not just something that happens like that. Um, it's no, also it's- this huge process and there's usually a lot of, um, you know, stumbling blocks along the way. Um, mm-hmm. Speaking of which, <laughs> what were some of the obstacles you faced while creating the deck? It could be like practical, emotional, mental, or otherwise, because there's always obstacles in any kind of large scale project. <laughs> Definitely. So there were a lot of technical hurdles that I faced. <laughs> it was the first time that I was really working digitally in a big way. Um, so I felt really comfortable doing the actual drawing part of the card. Um, but I, you know, there was a big learning curve for me in figuring out how to format everything to be the same, uh, you know, resizing the file, making sure like the pixels and like the resolution were okay. Um, color profiles, like all of that was definitely a learning curve and my partner helps me a lot. Um, he's got to be a Bay in printmaking. So he knew a lot. It was so helpful. <laughs> I could be like, what did I mess up here? And he'd, he'd just look at it and be like, here's what you do. So I was really thankful and, and lucky to have him to help there. Um, the other difficult part was so it came after like the actual deck was created, but kind of the business part of running the campaign, the Kickstarter to fund it. Um, and then I opened up an Etsy shop to, you know, sell the overstock of the decks. And that's that's a whole, you know, universe of, of obstacles there. Uh, shipping and um, marketing, like, we decided that we really wanted to do everything ourselves. So it's great because now you can do that. There's so many resources for you to, um, you know, print on demand or figure out how to market and advertise. And um, it's a lot of information, but it's, it's, it's a lot to learn. I mean, it can be really difficult and overwhelming. So <laughs> I remember um, since I've always been somewhat of more of like a literary and artistic sort, I always had that like in the bag, even when I started reading tarot um, mm-hmm. professionally, like seven or eight years ago at this point, 
that was never the problem. Like I never had a problem with that. It was, oh, building my own website and figuring out like social media and navigating that whole large um, world that sometimes Mm -hmm. you don't think about. When I did begin, I did have a realistic notion of what that would entail. Um, I'd done some research and kind of like, you know, watched, read um, things that others had written, those who had come before me, (laughs) (laughs) who did something similar, who had some insight into the process. But like, if I had known how much it would actually take, um, and I've said this multiple times, it's like, I might not have ever done it. So I'm kind of glad I almost went into it with this naivete. Um, Mm -hmm. I kind of got started because I was just, you know, I was dedicated. I was just kind of forced to like troubleshoot and navigate um, as as problems arose. And if I had been able to anticipate everything, um, you would have been scared off. <laughs> I would have been scared off. Yeah. It's actually, um, you know, having read tarot for so long and having known many, many, many to kickstart their decks, just being in that world. I, I think that I actually held off on creating a deck for a while because yeah. I was aware. Um, I did have an awareness of how much work um, that actually is. And, and, you know, I haven't yet gotten to that point yet personally, but I just know, I just know um, that it's a lot, that it's a lot. Um, yeah. but it's, it's one of those things that's intensely worthwhile. I think, especially if you want to kind of um, share your art with others and, you know, have the opportunity to create art as a career. I think it's something that's necessary. Um, it's something that, you must learn you know it's something that you must confront at one point or another um yeah it's like you have this vision to bring this thing in into the world and it's like okay well what do you do after that like it doesn't just stop with creating the deck you you have to you know do something with it um and you know the nice thing too is that since deck you know tarot deck creation and, and indie publishing has become so prolific it's it doesn't have to be so scary now um like there's so many resources and and creators out there who are willing to you know share information and their process and the things that they learn so I agree I think if I had really sat down and thought about what (laughs) it was going to entail I maybe would have I don't know I would have thought really differently about it I'm glad that I didn't I learned I've learned so much but for people who are listening, who are thinking about starting this process, like you don't have to be scared now because there's so many people out there who are willing to help you and you know, communities and forums and things like that. So you don't have to do it alone. <laughs> no, and there's just so many resources, even if like what you want to create isn't a deck, even if it's like, and even yeah. if you want to just sell prints of your work online, yeah. there's there's ever like there's everything. Um, I'm, I, what is it? Redbubble. I think there's. You can even just like upload your print, and they'll like they'll make do it for you. Things for you. So yeah. it is easier than ever before um, to kind of put yourself out there. And it's almost like it's not like my personal mission, but it's something I want to like you know really instill in people. Like you don't. This doesn't even have to be your job. But like, what if you always just wanted to make prints of your work? Like even yeah. just. Make of your work and give it to people that you love like just it doesn't have to be like even this like epic uh undertaking it can also especially with the resources that are available Mm -hmm. now you know you can just do it in a smaller way to fulfill that kind of need to create and share um 
you know, with others, with others, yeah. and have your work uh, reach others, because that is its own unique experience. I mean, of course, to a certain extent, everyone who engages in the creative process does so for themselves, right? There, there's just a personal fulfillment mm -hmm. that that takes place throughout the creative process, but there's the sharing it, um, taking the step, crossing the threshold, um, being bold, yeah. <laughs> bold to put your work out there. Um, there's hard. It's very hard. It's very hard. Um, but the rewards, I think, far outweigh um, mm -hmm. the challenge of vulnerability of sharing your work because then yeah. you have those moments where um, you know someone will reach out to you and let you know the impact of the work that you've done. And depending on what it is that you do, like you really can have a deep, deep impact on others' lives. Mm -hmm. And it just, there's something about that, that you're like, oh, I'm connected. I'm, yeah. my work is, is out in the world doing good things. And it's just a really satisfying experience, despite, again, the inevitable obstacles. Yeah. <laughs> right. You're going you're gonna to run into stuff. I mean, that's, that's the bottom line, but there's, there's ways to navigate around it. Mm -hmm. um, how long did it take you to create your deck from start? About to a year. Yeah. Um, and I'd say that that's actually like a fairly, like I've known it to take two years. And if someone is like, sometimes it takes three. Absolutely. Um, did you I mean, that was, that was me. So I was working full time um, actually at the school that I graduated from. Um, so I had a full time, you know, like office job and I was working on the deck in the evenings and on the weekends, like any free time that I had, I was drawing and figuring out what I wanted to do for this deck. Um, so it really was like a second, you know, full-time job. And I don't expect everybody to be that invested. Um, I mean, realistically, like I can't expect everybody to be that invested. <laughs> my expectations of like myself and, and other people, like unrealistically in my mind are... <laughs> Like, I'm like, just do it. But I know that <laughs> that's not how life works. So yeah, it takes, it takes a long time, especially if you're really taking the time to dive into the meaning and the material. And, um, you know, like you talked about before, like finding that right balance of having kind of these universal meanings to the cards and pairing that with, you know, something a little bit more personal or, um, you know, unique or whatever. Oh yeah. And, um, as someone who, uh, has a child, um, very different. That's a whole nother. <laughs> it's so different. Um, it's so different in terms of yeah. the time that you have available to you. Absolutely. Um, uh, and so they're like, everyone also has different Yes. commitments like some people are caregivers um yeah. and some people are just not you know there's I've also been in periods of like deep flow creativity um you know where I was really channeling my genius and the the project took on a life of its own yeah. um and then there have been times where it's been like pulling teeth <laughs> so <laughs> it really depends on where you are like yeah. within the larger context of your journey and what's going on in your life and, and around you as well and sometimes yeah, like, you can't you can't force it I mean it's, it's just you have to do it when you can and it has to feel right yeah otherwise it's it's gonna turn out weird 
it is, it's going to be disjointed or you're not, yeah. you're not going to feel good about it. Um, was there ever a point in time where you're just, even if, however brief, even if you weren't, it wasn't serious where you're just like, oh, I don't know if I can do this. Like, did you ever like reach that place where you're just like, I don't, what did I get myself into? Like, I don't oh, yeah. know I can do this. Yeah, absolutely. And again, my, my, I was really lucky to have my partner there who was like, this is what you want to do. I know like, you know, this is what you've been really wanting to do. Wanting, what you've been wanting to say with your work. Like this is, you know, you can do it. <laughs> like sometimes you just need somebody to, you know, kind of talk you off the proverbial ledge. Like you can do this. You, you don't have to do it all right now. Take your time. Like, you know, step back, step back when you're feeling burnt out and unsure and just give yourself some space from it and then come back later. Um, yeah. I mean, that's, that's totally part of any creative process. I think you get too close to it and you're like, Oh, terrible. <laughs> I think having someone in your corner who's supportive is key yeah. as well. Um, like my partner's really good at that too. He absolutely like, believes in my talent and vision and it's very, very sweet. And so nice it's so nice to have someone that, you know, that's just like really does believe in what you're doing. Mm -hmm. And when you start, you know, on the tirade of like negative self-talk for someone to be like, whoa, 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 whoa. Like, no, like you're, you're not seeing this clearly. Like yeah. you're in a place where it's like, okay, this is not true. What you're saying is just not true. You're mm -hmm. just in a place. Um, it's, it's really great to have someone and it doesn't even have to be a partner, even like yeah. some like accountability. It could be someone who is also, in a creative process as well, who are like, you know, you're doing um, ta in tandem. Yeah, so there's, again, to go back to like, there's so many communities now of tarot creators and you can, you know, bounce ideas off of them and, you know, share pieces of the process and, you know, ask, you know, what do you think? Or what am I, what is, why does this look so weird? Like, what am I doing wrong? And they'll help you. I mean, there's all kinds of people out there to support um, you know, tarot creators, but anybody like. Yeah. And I found people who do visual art. Um, and I mean, I'll speak about tarot people specifically. They're just like a kind, generous crew mm -hmm. is what I've come to yeah. more than willing, more than willing and happy to share Very generous experience mm -hmm. or information they might have even like to weigh in. Yeah. Um, and maybe you don't find that everywhere, but like, I know that they seem to be uniquely kind and generous. There's not like, is someone going to steal? Is someone get like, there's just, there's none of that. And so it's always good to have a group of people that, you know, mm -hmm. are just like encouraging, <laughs> I'm, like sincerely supportive yeah. way. Um, so what was your purpose in creating this deck? And in other words, like what experience are you trying to create for the reader or the querent when they use the deck? Or like what was the point of you putting this particular deck out into the world? Yeah. So the thing about this deck is that there's no people in it. And that was <laughs> one, I don't draw people. <laughs> so that was the first reason. I don't know why I can, I can look at an animal and just figure out like the form, but I can't look at a person and draw the figure. It's so <laughs> weird. Um, but I, you know, again, to go back to my experience of growing up really like being outside, um, I feel like 
sometimes we understand ourselves better when we look through sort of a different lens. Um, we can get really bogged down in like the human experience. There's all these things that whether we agree with them or not, you know, can kind of separate us, um, you know, cause like conflicts and disconnections. And I think if you step out of that and look kind of at ourselves through this different lens. And so I use, you know, nature and wild spaces and animals. Um, it makes it a little bit easier to make those connections and to empathize and, um, you know, understand ourselves and understand, you know, other people and what's going on around us. Um, and, you know, again, as, as to go back to just what tarot does, I am really interested in it as like a psychological tool where you can use it to turn inward. There's that introspection, um, you know, personal reflection. And again, just, I feel like when we understand ourselves better, like when we can kind of check ourselves and understand why we're feeling this way or what's driving this, um, you know, desire or, you know, action, it just makes it easier to understand other people and how we all sit together and work together. Um, so I, I think it's a way to slow down, you know, especially today, we've got all of the technology, we've got all of these images and, and messages and everything is mediated and distractions. And I think we need to slow down you know, sometimes and just really look inward and na nature does that for me too. So, you know, being outside is kind of a way to facilitate a meditative mindset. So I, I just kind of merged the two. <laughs> uh, yeah, I definitely agree with nature just being outside as a way of reconnecting and slowing down and kind of accessing something much larger. Um, yeah. And I also feel like the symbolism um, in tarot um, and not even like necessarily like the archaic symbolism or the astrological symbolism. I just mean like the symbolism of the archetype itself can mm -hmm. help to create like just, just, a, just a, a small distance between mm -hmm. what you yourself is experiencing. Like at, and, and what's actually going on behind the scenes, because I think like you were saying, like you go, you go inward, um, but it kind of adds this level of mindful understanding of the experience that you're having. So it kind of takes you out of the intensity of the moment that where you might become confused or you might not have like a deeper understanding of what's going, because you're just so immersed in what's going on. And it yeah. allows you to take that step back and kind of see things from a perspective um, that's slightly more objective. You know, if you're, if you're exploring your, um, your question um, and you see images of nature and you see images of, um, you know, animals, like in the case of your deck specifically, it kind of, it pulls you away from your common associations and mm -hmm. it kind of forces you to look at the, whatever it is that you're grappling with from a different perspective, from like a fresh perspective. Yeah. Um, and it also, um, I think specifically in, in decks that have um, like nature imagery, even animal imagery, it kind of 
um, just naturally allows for a connection with something larger. And there's just Mm -hmm. like this instant message, like this is happening all over on a massive scale. It kind of takes you out of that, like human, like, it's just me. I'm alone. I'm, it takes, it pulls you away from that ego space. And you're like, wait, this is, this is the synergy of like the universe itself. And I'm just like a part of this. And it like allows you to recognize your experience in others experience and in the experience of nature and the experience of life cycles. And it kind of, it puts things in, it just puts things into perspective instantaneously for that Mm -hmm. reason. I think before you even start asking, just like the images themselves are like, giving you a larger perspective on your personal situation. And I've always Mm -hmm. thought that like when we kind of step away from the intensity of our personal situation and our ego attachment to it, it's very soon after we're able to get a great deal of clarity and kind Mm -hmm. of say, you know, this is just happening right now. Like it gives us, it's like, this is going to be okay. This is just part of like the character arc of my entire life. And it's just, you know, it's not, it's not the end. It's not the end of the world. This is just this moment and what I'm going through. Yeah. And I think, you know, a lot of people, you know, get scared, I think, by the act of looking at the larger picture like that. You know, they, it's, it's scary to think I, one way to interpret it is that we are insignificant and nothing matters because the world is so big and everything is existing and living around us, like outside of us and in despite of whatever it is we're doing or feeling, but it doesn't have to feel insignificant, like, because you're, you're a part of that. And like you said, it, it just gives you a, a much deeper clarity, I think, to okay, well, I'm going through these things. So is like everything else. I mean, <laughs> literally, I'm, I'm not alone in this, you know, there's animals and bugs and, and other people that are, you know, kind of going through the same thing that we're going through in a, in a sense. And that just, that it like naturally builds compassion, just like immediately, yeah. or just like, oh, everything I come across is, it's in, in the cycle of birth and death. And, you know, like there's, uh, there's uh, everyone's going, you know, in one form or another faces similar obstacles throughout their life. Like every, mm-hmm. every being, everything that's alive. So it's just like, Oh, okay. I can do this. If the whole universe has done this forever, then I can do it too. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Right. Do this. Like I can get through this. So yeah, it's really neat. So for if you want to engage in this second part mm-hmm. of to tell a story. So you are the first person that I'm actually interviewing. I don't think okay. you're, you'll be the first person that I'm that I don't think you'll be the first episode of creative creator stories, but you are the first person I'm interviewing. So this is the first time um, I've ever tried this. So for anyone listening, I was thinking it'd be really interesting um, for each of the creators that I invited to chat to share a a story, um, an anecdote, um, one that's either, it's either the story of the creation of a specific card, if the creator is like a tarot reader, um, or it's a story that's inspired by the archetypal theme of a tarot card. And, you know, this is prompt specific um, for, for creators of 
of tarot decks. So I sent this to Jessica and I don't know what she's going to choose. So I'm curious to hear how you are going to approach this. Sure. So I'm kind of leaning towards the second part. Um, and it's not so much one story that exemplifies the archetypalness of the card. <laughs> um, <laughs> it's it's kind of a a couple different stories. Um, oh, good. But the card that I picked is the Hierophant. Yes, I'm excited. <laughs> so to start, kind of preface. I when I was doing research for this card when I was working on it, I kept coming across kind of this discussion about the Hierophant as this figure that people were really not connecting with. Um, they were seeing him as this really religious, um, strict, conservative, patriarchal figure. And I knew that I, I the archetype of that card is so much more than that. Like, and so I really wanted to make it something a little bit more accessible and um, I guess a little bit more gentle. Um, so the imagery in the card is a toad and morel mushrooms and um, spice bush flowers and those all have to do with noticing cycles. Um, so in my mind, the Hierophant is about, it's a spiritual teacher, but you know, when I was thinking about who's a spiritual teacher for me, I kept going back to kind of these stories or these memories, these specific memories that I had, you know, growing up. And a lot of them had to do with toads. Toads were like, we had them all over our, our yard. Um, the, the yard is like full of flower beds. My mom's a gardener. So it's just like toad heaven. And I, so many memories of catching toads, um, you know, watching them, putting them in jars, uh, not being very careful with some of them. Like there's a lot of stories there. And so a lot of like learning experiences, you know, as part of a kid, like just being really curious and looking really closely at these like tiny little creatures. Um, the morel mushrooms are like our, our family tradition. Like I started foraging because my dad took us out looking for morel mushrooms each spring. So it was kind of this, traditional of like looking at the the seasonal cycle and oh here's these things blooming and this is up and the temperature is this and it's time to go out and find these mushrooms um the spice bush flowers we had spice bush in our property and there's certain times of the year where they bloom and just the air is you know filled with this like incredible fragrance um so all of these things that i associated with paying attention to the times of year, um, the way that things were changing and transitioning, um, looking really closely at my environment and, you know, kind of using that as a guide, if that makes sense. Um, oh, looking yeah. at these small things and using that to understand kind of 
my place in the world, like in a larger context and in a spiritual context. So that's how I came up with the Hierophant card. And that's kind of the, the how I understand the archetype of it. Um, it's a you know, spiritual teacher who, you know, it's, it's everywhere. Like it's in the things that you're observing, the things you're interacting with, and you just kind of have to take a step back and look at them, like notice them. Mm-hmm. So I wanted it to be, like I said, a little bit more gentle and not so, um, inflexible, I guess, mm-hmm. or, you know, again, like I just kept coming across these conversations of this card with this really feeling of him being strict and, and, you know, adhering completely to this like doctrine and it doesn't have to be that. I, I completely agree. First of all, I love 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 that approach to the hierophant um i remember when i really started paying attention like paying attention Mm -hmm. to natural cycles yeah um and i recognized the seasons within seasons like the the micro seasons Mm -hmm. that was something that kind of blew my mind a little bit it wasn't something that i was expecting um like cicada season yes a couple weeks like there's little micro seasons for um the emergence of certain insects, the emergence of certain plants. Mm-hmm. Um, and that is, it is a teaching that you pay attention to that becomes, um, that becomes a text mm-hmm. um, that you reference over time. So I remember taking pictures of certain flowers um, in certain areas and then going back and wanting to, because then some of these only bloom for a week, you know, know. and not wanting and to. And you miss them if you yeah, don't look. You miss it if you don't look. And I remember going back like to the year prior and looking at my pictures, just even my my camera roll, yeah. um, to see to find the flower and then to see the date that I'd taken the picture of it. Mm-hmm. So that's like my record um, that I that's my my text again. My record I go back and reference to. I was like I know to go here at this time mm-hmm. um, to visit this specific place so that I can see this. And one of the things that um, never ceases to amaze me. I live in a rather urban area, but I'm also around an arboretum. Like I have a couple arboretums very close by. Um, So there are a lot of different plant um, and tree species represented. Um, Mm -hmm. So I'm finding each and every year, I still, I discover something new um, because there are these little tiny micro seasons. I just discovered a a lily the other day and I was like, wow. And, you know, I take a picture and I'm like, okay, let me make sure that next year, you know, late, late July, early August. And so like the, if if you pay it, like you were saying, if you pay attention, like the teacher is there, um, but then even creating your own personal record of memory or even like recording, it creates like the holy text um, that you can use in reference. Like you were saying, like now is the time to go forage for morals because this is the temperature. This is the time of year. This is Um, it's this knowledge that you gain through paying attention Mm -hmm. and recognizing patterns. So instead of coming from like this source and you, you read the source and then learn from the source, it's like you create the source through paying attention. Yeah. I I love that. That's totally accurate. (laughs) Yeah. Which is like a really, really interesting take on, um, the Hierophant. I chose to 
um, use the Buddha, medita meditating beneath the Bodhi tree is my representation of the Hierophant for the, for the exact same reason. I was like, there's something in this archetype that I feel like is missing because it's mm -hmm. been eclipsed by a more negative representation of what this is. Um, and I like how you've used the word gentle a couple times because it's something that I've, like it's a word that I think I've actually applied to your deck and it's also one that I think of when I'm creating mine. I was like, how can I make this, some of these archetypes that are, that are more harsh or they have more of a harsh interpretation. I was like, how can I make them more gentle? Like I want to show a different side of them so that they can be more accessible because I feel like some people just like kind of like throw a brick wall up against it because they've had this like immediate idea of what this means, what this yeah. represents. And so then they kind of distance themselves from that archetype when that's probably precisely the one they should be working with because it's, right. it's generating a complexity of emotion, which usually indicates that there's something there that needs to be revealed or, um, you know, you or, a or new perspective on it. Yeah. A new perspective, mm -hmm. a new understanding so that it can be re reincorporated instead of just cast, cast out and then becoming like an enemy or um, yeah. some sort of adversary for that reason. Um, so I definitely relate to that you know, that approach of trying to take some of the more challenging archetypes and, um, and, 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 and soften their rougher edges to make mm -hmm. them more approachable for those who might kind of immediately turn away from them or they already have preconceived notions of what it is um, that they mean. So thank you so much for sharing that. And yeah. um, thank you so much for coming and, and talking about uh, your deck, The Forager's Daughter Tarot, for anyone who's a tarot reader, highly, highly, highly recommend, especially if you um, appreciate uh, a very nuanced take on the archetypes, um, coupled with beautiful imagery um, that invites you in right away. It is not, it, it, I don't want to say it's a rarity only because there are so many decks and there's so many wonderful creators out there these days. Um, Definitely. But it, it, but is not always the case. And if you collect decks, you know this. This is one of this is one of the good ones, and you can you can take it from me. So, thank you so much, Jessica. I really appreciate thank you sharing your thoughts yeah. with us and your ideas and coming to chat. Yeah, I hope it all made sense, and I wasn't like, <laughs> oh no, 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 no. It made perfect sense, and I'm actually very delighted that you were willing to take a, a slight tangent here or there because that's what yeah. I do. <laughs> That's absolutely how I prefer it. I was just like, oh, good. She's like, what is life without a tangent, really? Yeah, I mean. like she's going there. Good. That's that's where the, <laughs> the tangent is, where the good stuff is. I feel like there's so much that, I mean, you could just talk forever and ever about a lot of these themes and concepts. So if you ever want to have me back, I'd be happy to like expand on some of these things too. Wonderful. Be <laughs> I love talking about them. <laughs> it was an absolute pleasure to chat. I, I feel the same. You can come back anytime. Um, so thank you. And yeah, get the deck. Get the deck, people. Um, that's the back. The back's beautiful too. Get the deck, people. And thank you, Jessica. And thank you. Everyone watching, have a wonderful day.